0: Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church Podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Well, hey, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? You guys good? Those of you that are gathered in the room with us, I wanna say welcome. And can you guys help me out? And let's welcome everybody joining us online as well. Let's give them a a welcome today. Thank you guys for taking time out of your weekend to hang out with us. And we also have people in overflow as well today. I know we are kind of limiting the numbers in here, but it's great wherever you are just to gather and to lift up God's name. And it's nothing like being in the house today. In fact, we're going to wrap up this series that we're in called Family Vacation. And here's what I'm believing. That God is going to help us raise up and establish and build homes that will honor Him, that will glorify Him. That today God is going to help us uh, figure out what it is we should fight for and focus on. I'm just believing that through the time that we spend together today, God's going to help raise up a generation of world changers. Anybody believe that today? Come on, let's let's enter into this time with expectation that God wants to do something great in and through us. Let's open up God's Word. In fact, let's do this wherever you are. Just stand to your feet as we read. I have a few short scriptures to read. Um, I think it's fitting that we wrap up this series uh, with this passage in Psalm 127, and it's fitting because really is why I have this tattoo in the first place, and you're going to come to, uh, you know, realize that in just a few moments. But this psalm is written by Solomon. Now, normally when we think of psalms, we think of David. David did write the lion's share of the Psalms. However, the sons of Asaph wrote some. uh, Moses wrote one. And then we also have his son Solomon who wrote a couple of them. And this is what Psalm 127 says. That unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Let's just stop right there. Unless God is in it, like it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter the effort and the energy that you put into it unless God shows up. That's what we believe about this church, by the way. Like, we can, we can get online, we can have lights, we can have all this kind of stuff. Can I tell you, none of that matters if God doesn't show up, amen? None of that matters. He says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless, For you to work so hard from early morning until late at night. Come on, let's chill out a little bit. Amen. For God gives rest to his loved ones. And then it says this, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. For he will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the gates. Would you just bow your heads with me today, God? We thank you for your word. We thank you that as we open up your word and look to your word, that it's not just uh, letters on a page, God, but it's 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 transformation, it's life. We believe that that your word is is the uh, authority, God, that which we should live by and and lead our lives through. And so today, God, we're asking that your word would come alive in our hearts. It would be more than just a, a time spent together, but your word would cut through like uh, our, our bone to the, to the bone, to the joint and marrow, and just divide God and meet us right where we need it today. God, we know that you're gonna speak through us in these moments we have together in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Come on, amen, amen. Online, say amen, amen as well. Go ahead and have a seat wherever you are. Now, before we dive into uh, what I believe. Um, we have today that God wants to share through his word. I want to remind you that children are a blessing, not a burden. And I say that because in verse, uh, I think it is, is three, it says they are a gift, all right? So they are a reward, they are a blessing. Uh, verse five says, joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, how many of you parents out there uh, or online watching know that just because something is not a burden doesn't mean it won't feel like a burden from time to time? Anybody with me? Come on, it's crazy. There's nothing like raising children. It, and the Bible says it's a blessing, but it doesn't always feel like a blessing. Can we just admit, would you just be honest enough today to say that parenting is crazy? Come on, there's some days you want to lock yourself in your bedroom or in your pantry. That's what Kristen and I did this week, by the way. We just had enough, so we locked ourselves in the pantry. Like, it can be crazy. With children, everything changes. How many of you remember, before you had kids, if you're a parent, like, just going out? You remember going out? You know what I'm talking about? Where someone would say, hey, you just want to go out? Yeah, let's just go out. Like when you have kids, that, that changes. Going out when you don't have kids does not involve biting or screaming or yelling or, or throwing food or weeping or gnashing of teeth, right? Um, unless you have a bad marriage. Maybe it does include a lot of that stuff. But with kids, everything changes. Bedtime? Like don't get me started on bedtime. Like whenever we will tell our kids, even to this day, like, hey, it's time for bed, it's like, What? Bed is like this new concept they never heard before, even though we've been doing it every single day of their life, right? That we are the only parents in the world trying out this new thing called sleep. We are sleep pioneers. Like it's crazy. Bedtime, uh, bath time, getting on the pajamas, brushing of the teeth, and inevitably if you have little ones, like we have a three-year-old, someone ends up running around the house naked causing a ruckus, Right? It used to be that Kristen and I were the only ones running around the house naked causing a ruckus, but ain't nobody got time for that anymore because we have these little blessings, these gifts. These days it's like, hey, Kristen, you wanna run around that house naked? It's like, yeah, but that sounds exhausting. I'm like, you're right, let's just watch some Office reruns, right? That's kind of what we end up doing. But I say that to say that, that children are a, a blessing, but it doesn't always feel like it's a, a blessing. Um, and I I think parenting is something that, that, that it's amazing that any of us make it out of this, this alive. And so we just need to be reminded of that before we dive in. And I know all the, the single people are going, are you sure they're a blessing? Because so far this is really good birth control, but it says that they're a blessing. And I know it feels like a burden sometimes, but a blessing can sometimes be mistaken for a burden because they are both heavy. Let me tell you something, being a parent is a very weighty responsibility, is it not? Like there, there is nothing, uh, no relationship in the universe that is more influential than that of being given the task of being a parent. Think of this, your child is going to grow up one day and read this or hear some pastor tell them that, that God is a father. God's like a father who protects God is like a a father who, who cares for, who gives favor to and blessing and who lovingly corrects or that God has a heart of a mother who nurtures and cares for and loves unconditionally, right? And so your children will have an accurate picture of who God is because of you or with great difficulty have to search for who God truly is in spite of you. So don't miss this. It is a weighty, responsibility. We should tremble at the thought of having to represent God to our children so they would grow up knowing who God is. It's heavy. And the heavier the blessing is, the stronger you need to be to carry it. And, and I would say that the more faith that you need to have in order to see it for what it really is. Second Corinthians 4.18 tells us that exactly, that we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Come on, there are a lot of troubles today, are there not? Parents trying to navigate, what does school look like, you know, going back in the fall? Are we going to do it remotely? Are we going to go back full on? Or, you know, there's all these things that are happening around us that we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on what can't be seen. For the things we see now, all this is going to be gone. Can I just encourage someone today? Everything we are going through right now is going to be gone. It's gonna be okay that God is in control of it, but the things that we can't see, that we should be focused on, are the things that will last forever. And so if you're gonna approach parenting and look at parenting um, through the lens of of not having any faith, all you will see are the problems. All it will feel like are the the aspects of, of parenting that are burdensome, but if you will look at it with faith, then you will see the eternal impact that is possible. Because here's what I know, all the all this tough stuff early on uh, in life, in parenting that feels like it's going to last forever. Like I know that some of you, maybe you're in that season of raising your little ones where you're potty training. And I know it can feel like potty training is gonna last forever, but it's not. Hang in there, your little boy's gonna be peeing like a boss before you even know it, right? I know it feels like they're in diapers forever. But they, they're out of diapers before you even blink when you think about it. Ask any nester, any empty nester in the room, any nester in the room. We got any nesters in the room? Empty nester in the room. And they will tell you that as tough as those early days were, as challenging as some of those early moments were in raising kids, they wish they could have them back. That they wish that there was some little one running around the house naked causing a ruckus, right? No, they, they, they wish because there's going to come a day when that's not happening. There's going to come a day when your little ones won't let you hug them before getting onto the bus, right? Because they don't want to be seen hugging their parents. There's going to come a day when that little baby won't be sitting on your lap as you read to them the fuzzy bee and friends like we did growing up with our, our little ones every single night. Like there's going to come a day. And so all I'm saying before we kick this off is don't miss the blessing because maybe right now it feels like a burden. And I say that because some of you in this season, especially some of you moms who have been with your kids for the last 128 days, 14 hours, 32 minutes, and six seconds, right? Like I know that that boy or that girl that you feel at odds with, that middle schooler or that high schooler that there's nothing but drama, maybe right now, you have to see them for what they are, full of potential, as a blessing from God. So just put on some faith and see them as the gift that God has given you, that they are a child who's created in the image of God. And so he designed them, he made them, and he entrusted them into your your care. And in this psalm, we discover this idea that kids are like arrows, and that parents, you're a warrior. Did you know that? It kind of, it kind of feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? Like, parents are, are warriors. Solomon would use word pictures because uh, it was more memorable. So instead of Solomon saying things like, hey, don't, don't do that same thing over and over and over again. That's stupid. Solomon would say something like, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. It just paints a better picture, right? Because that's what nasty dogs do. They puke, and they turn around and lick it up. And then if you're one of my boys, you let the dog that just licked up the puke lick your face. And that's disgusting. It just paints a better picture. And so Solomon in this, this, this psalm, you know, instead of saying, hey, being a parent is, is, is hard and raising your children is a, a big deal, here's how you should do it. He says, no, children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. And so now the job of parent, the role of parent is that of a warrior that is engaged in a, a battle. And, and as a warrior, what should your focus be? Like well, And if your children are like arrows, so what should the target of those arrows be? And what is is the fight that we are in? So I want to give you today five truths from God's word around the idea and the title of warrior parent. Come on, if you're a parent in the room right now, you are a warrior. Turn to your neighbor right now and tell them, I'm a warrior. Come on, let them know, I'm a warrior. Do it at home too, let people know next to you, you're a warrior. If you're a parent, you're a warrior. I want to give you five things out of this scripture that warrior parents understand. The first is this that there are infinite types but only one target. What do you mean, Colby? There are infinite types of children, but there's only one target. Just as there are infinite types of arrows, did you know there are literally thousands of different kinds of arrows and different combinations of, of arrows, different weights, different lengths, all, all used for different applications? And back in the day, you know, these kinds of arrows that they're referring to would be hand-carved. No two would be alike, just as there are no two children who are alike. I don't care if they're identical twins, right? there, There's no two kids that are exactly alike alike, even from house to house and within your own house. All your kids are different. There's different temperaments. There's different personalities. There's different attitudes the way that some uh, are shy around people and others have have never met a stranger, right? Maybe you have some of those. They just love everybody. They were excited to see anybody. Some some are going to grow up to be botanists and some will grow up to be pharmacists, or some are going to grow up to, to be, you know, have a passion for sports. Others will have a passion for medicine. Some will kind of mix it up and just get rough and tough and right in the middle of it. Others are going to be a little more reserved. Can we just agree that even in your own home, that all your children are different? And that's okay. That's a good thing. That's a God thing, actually, that, that everyone is uniquely created and made. So to be a parent, That says something like, "Um, hey, I wish you were more like your brother. Or I wish you were more like your your sister. Can I tell you? That's ridiculous. They can't be. That God specifically and designed them uniquely. They are each fearfully and wonderfully made. Are, are, Are you good with that? Are we there? So they're all different. There are infinite types. However, there's only one target. There's only one goal. There's only one aim. There's, not, there's lots of arrows, not lots of targets. And the intention of every arrow is the, the same. It doesn't matter um, the, its difference. At the end of the day, every single air, 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 arrow is meant to do one thing, and that is to hit its mark, is to hit the bullseye, right? It's to hit the target, to go where you are aiming it. So that begs the question then, as a warrior parent, what's the target, where should the, the aim be for my little ones? Well, let, let's let Jesus define that for us in Matthew 6, He says this, seek first the what? The kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom. It's all about first going to God. It's all about first seeking him. And then all these other things will be given to you as well. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then everything else will be added to you. So the the first and highest priority, write this down, in parenting is that your child would get to heaven. Period. Like the highest priority must be that they would come to know Jesus. That your little ones would understand who God is, what Jesus did for them. That, that where the Bible says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through, through me, through Jesus. That must be our highest priority. That nothing in this life matters more than that. Are you with me? Is that their eternal salvation is, is secure. We must get these kids to heaven. We must evangelize their little hearts. We must see that our number one goal in parenting would be that our kids would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference on their way to heaven, on their way to eternity. Because if we fail at this, if we get the the target wrong, because how many of you parents know you can have deadly accurate aim, but you could be aiming at the dead wrong thing. If we get this wrong... If we get the target wrong, what the aim should be, what we are are, are having our children trained on it, if we get that wrong then we will die without the peace of knowing that we did everything that we could do possible to see our little ones uh, salvation secure in heaven. Like that should be our only aim, our only focus, like that they would know God. Wasn't that what Joshua was declaring anyway when he said that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Like you do what you want to do. You can serve the gods that you want to serve. You can invest your time and resources where you want to do it. But as for me and my house, he says, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, my kids are going to know God. They're going to find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference that our target of our little ones is the kingdom of God. Nothing else matters more. Are you with me? Are you awake today? Come on, nothing matters more than that for our little ones. And when you get that aim and that focus right, you know what it does? Uh, You can can feel confident in telling those pushy uh, in-laws or outlaws, whatever you call them, that want to tell you how to raise your kids and how to spend your time, or the neighbor, you know, that says you're not enough and that, you know, you should have a boat or you should have this or that, or here's what you should be doing. You can look confidently and tell them that's fine for you, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. As for me, in my house, it's the most important thing. That is our aim. And an eye that's solely trained on the target not only focuses uh, you on where you are going, but as a result, you know what else it does? It keeps you from spending energy and time and resources on the places that you are not going. Keep your eye trained on the, the target. In our family, we define success as seeking first first before anything else, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it doesn't matter, you know, if my my boy's friends call them weird or strange or alien, because after all, that's what Paul said we are, right? We are aliens and strangers in this land. And so you can call us all that kind of thing, but our home is not here on this home earth. Our home is is created by God who made the heavens and the earth, and he's the one, right, that we're going to serve and follow on our way to heaven. Now, either way, you have to finish that sentence for your family. As for me and my house, we will serve blank. And by the way, you have already finished that sentence, whether or not you would um, say it so clearly or honestly. But every single one of us, by the way that you live your life, effectively states that you have an. As for me and my house, we will serve blank. So what is it for you? As for me and my house, we will serve the lake. That's our priority. We gotta get out on the lake. As for me and my house, we will serve baseball. By the way, how how pathetic does that sound? Like seriously, on your your deathbed, knowing the time that you had to shape your children to, to raise them up, really, that's gonna be what drives everything? As for me and my house, we will serve the GPA education 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 4.0 as for me and my house my kids will will grow up and, and take over the family business regardless of their own calling in their life or what God has created them to do like that's that's what we're, and that, Listen, don't mistake what I'm saying. It's okay to play baseball. It's okay to go out on the lake. I was just out on the lake last Sunday with a friend right after church. We went out because how many of you know the best kind of boat is the boat that you don't own, that someone else owns. That's a good friend right there. So we're out on the lake tearing it up. That's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, with playing soccer. I know a lot of families who are invested a lot of time into soccer, but they don't serve soccer. Are you with me? They use it as as a tool or as an opportunity. All I'm saying is don't mistake making that thing the main thing in your household. As for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. You can't can't get these backwards. That has to be the priority, and then let everything else in your life orbit around that primary target. C.S. Lewis said this, aim at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth. And you'll get neither. What's your focus? What's the target? There are a lot of different types, but there is only one target. Second thing is this. Write this down. That warrior parents understand, children, increase your reach. One of the versions of of Psalm 127 says children are a heritage. They are a a legacy. They, They increase your reach. They last Beyond you, they go further than you. Think about this, arrows can go where archers cannot go, right? Like if you're in a battle and you have an enemy that's on the attack or, or you're attacking, you can send an arrow up over a wall at your enemy or you can send it down on your enemy from an elevated kind of position. That's the beauty of, of arrows is that they can reach heights, they can reach distances that you yourself could never reach, And I submit that God wants us to have this kind of radical faith and this kind of radical belief as we look at our children and as we look at the next generation, that by his grace and through his strength, they will reach further than we could ever reach on our own. Ephesians says this, that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Or prepared in advance of, uh, of us. So what would happen? Think about this. If they, your children, were raised each moment of their lives, from this point on, maybe you make a commitment today, from this point on, that they would be raised in a home that was filled with expectation of what God wanted to do in and through their life. That every prayer, every word, every conversation that you spoke was, 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 had this air of, of that God wanted to do amazing things, great things through their life, far beyond what they could ask or, or imagine what would happen if they had this radical expectation of great things that God wanted to do. That they were to to complete the task that God had prepared in advance for them. That no matter what they chose, what school they decided to go to, what job they took, that the greater picture, the bigger picture, was that God would do more through their lives than they could ever do on their own. What would happen if that was the the temperament of the household that you brought them up in? That children would reach far beyond what we could ever, ever reach and consider the, the little boy's mom in the Bible who packed, who packed his lunch of, of five loaves and a, and a couple fish that ended up feeding 5,000 men plus the, you know, add on the women and the children. Like he extended her reach. One of Kristen and my favorite verses that we have prayed over our boys more times than we can count, probably not enough in recent days, is Deuteronomy twenty eight thirteen that says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. As they would go out to school before they would get on the bus, Kristen would pray over them. Hey, let Jesus, you know, will make you the head and not the tail. That you will be a leader and not a follower. This is the home that I want to raise my family in. My my boys and I want their hearts to be filled with, with expectation of all the great things that God wants to do in and through their life. That when they look back on the time they spent in our home, because we don't have all the time in the world to shape them. Like with, when they look back on that, that they would hear dad tell them, they would hear mom tell them, hey, you're the head and not the tail. You are from above and you are not from below, right? That you are a world changer in Jesus' name. That you are have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And he wants to do more through your life. He wants you to rattle sin and shake the world on your way to heaven. Come on, that's the, the heart." Of how we want to raise our family and raise these little ones. Have this idea, man, that they can make a difference. And when you believe that, it changes everything. Warrior parents, recognize that your little ones increase your reach. After all, look who wrote this this psalm it was Solomon. David wanted to build the temple, but it was his son that increased the reach. He didn't build it, Solomon did. Think about this God sent Jesus to this earth. Right as a, as a baby, he was the arrow in God's hand that he sent to increase God's reach to conquer over sin and death in this world. Like that's what children do. They increase our, our reach. And we release them to greater heights than we could ever go. Number three, where your parents also understand this, that your children can't know what you don't tell them? How could they? Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, teach them diligently God's word. To your children, talk about it. When you sit down in your house, talk about it. When you walk by the way or when you lie down and when you rise up, just God's word should, should be always on your lips. You should always capitalize on those, those teachable moments that you have. By the way, Kristen and I, our favorite time teaching our little boys is not you know, around formal Devotional time, by the way, those generally go horribly wrong for us. I don't know how they work for you, uh, but, man, they usually go terrible. I, I grew up, and my parents, you know, would go in seasons of wanting to, you know, do family devotionals. And we had one of those. It was called the Bread of Life. It was a little plastic bread loaf that had these scripture verses in and out. Anybody? Yeah, well, all right, a couple of you know what I'm talking about. Um, but they had a little scripture verses on it, and they would be sitting on our table and so at dinner time or at lunchtime, whenever we would gather, which you know wasn't all the time, one of my parents would ultimately reach for one of those. And as soon as they reached for one of those, all of us are like, peace, I'm out of here. You know, I gotta go. Got some homework to do, wanna get ahead on a project. Usually those go bad, but, but God's word gives us permission. And I love that God's word gives us permission, that the best way to shape that, the best way to help um, you know, give your children a, a biblical worldview uh, is, is through those teachable moments. And it happens better when it's, when it's organic, when it just kind of comes up as you're driving, as you're walking, maybe as you're camping under the stars, or, or as you're sitting in the hot tub just chilling. My, my older boys, two older boys and me, we just have like hot tub talks. You know, and when it's at night, just the, us two, we're just talking about relationships and talking about, you know, what God's, uh, you know, says about purity. And so, how many of you know? If you don't teach them, they will get an education from somewhere. And if you decide as a parent that you want to abdicate that responsibility to PE class or to MTV or to some idiot on TikTok, come on somebody. Then you are giving up the responsibility that God has given you to bring your little ones up to teach them. And they can't know what you don't tell them. And so we take time to warn them about about pursuing relationships that are outside of God's plan for them. We take time to teach them, you know, not so that if they disobey, we can turn around and look at them and say, well, I told you so. I knew that was going to go bad. Why didn't you listen to me? No, but so they can never look at us and say, well, Dad, if you knew, why didn't you tell me? Because a great answer will not be because it was uncomfortable, son, because it was awkward in the moment i tell you something, that's not a good answer. It's so that we can tell them. And some of you might even say, well, Colby, I have no grounds to stand on to tell my kids what to do because I live my life completely the wrong way. That might be some of your story. I have no grounds. Like, it could be that you were living for the devil up until this weekend, right? And you would say, Colby, I cannot, like, like, like what do I have to share with them? Can I tell you something that... that Failure and repentance can be one of the greatest platforms for you to speak from. Somebody that would say, you know what, I haven't done it right, but here's what God has showed me. You can teach your your little ones out of the failures that you've made, out of the mistakes that you've made in your, your life as well. But they can't know what you don't tell them. And I would just say, even if it seems like it's not working, if, even if it seems like you're telling them the same thing over and over and over, you can't stop doing it. You have to tell them. However, number four, it can't just be words alone. Write this down. They can't follow an example that does not exist. It's been said that when children are, are young, they will do as you tell them. But when they get older they're just gonna do what you showed them. They're gonna live like you, they're gonna drive like you, that's gonna be really unfortunate for my kids. They're gonna do some of the things that that you did, they're gonna do what you, you showed them. So in other words, our actions are way more powerful than our words, which is why one of the greatest things, mom, dad, that you can give your children, you can do in the home is simply give them the gift of your presence your presence, we are living in the the age of the single parent home, do you know that? It's been said that 45 to 50% of of children grow up in a single parent home, 45 to 50% of households are led by one parent and the impact of that is devastating, the Department of Health revealed that, check this out, 63% of youth suicides, 90% of homeless and runaways, 85% of those who show behavior disorders, 71% of high school dropouts are all from single-parent homes. And the majority of those homes are not led by single-parent fathers, which is a thing, it happens. But the majority of them are led by single-parent mothers, which means we are living in the devastating age of the fatherless home. And I tell you that, not so that some of you dads would say, well, you know what, I left, I left my kids. Not so that you would feel condemnation at all. Or not so that some of you moms would say, well, that's our situation. And, and so not that you would, would feel like, like that nothing can get better because I happen to believe that God is a defender of the orphan and the widow, that he's a father to the fatherless, right? He will make a way where there is no way. So I'm not telling you this so that you have to despair, Or fret, I'm just saying, dad, young, future dad, your impact in the home cannot be discounted. Like your presence in the home makes an incredible difference. Listen to this excerpt from Strong Dads, Strong Daughters. It says this, when a little girl has a loving dad in her life, whether biological, step, or adoptive, she has a distinct advantage in life. Toddlers securely attached to fathers are better even as toddlers at solving problems. Six-month-olds scored higher on tests of mental development when their dads were involved in their lives. With dads in the homes, kids manage school better. Girls who are close to their fathers exhibit less anxiety. Less withdrawn behaviors are less likely to have premarital sex. They're less likely to use drugs. They're less likely to drink alcohol. They're less likely to be satisfied with their bodies and their image. They're less likely to attempt suicide or to drop out of college. Dad, your presence matters. Even if you feel like it doesn't, even if it feels like you're beating your head against the wall, saying the same thing over and over again, can I just tell you your presence Just by being there, you're doing more than you think you are. Come on, you are influential. You you matter, you're valuable in the family and in the house. But your kids cannot follow an example that does not exist. So they have to have you there. Here's the last thing. And that is that warrior parents live planted in God's house, in God's house. You know, I've made a ton of mistakes as as a father, as a husband as a pastor, as a Christian, as a Christ follower. I've made a lot of mistakes, but one of the best decisions that, that our family has made is to be committed to the house of God, is to be committed to raising up our little ones in the house of God where we come together and we gather with God's people. There's never been a weekend where our, our boys have, have said, mom or dad, are, are we going to church this weekend? They don't even have to ask. It's just what we do. It's just who we are. That we love Jesus, we love people, and we gather together with God's people to learn how to do better both, both better. You know what I'm saying? It's just who we are. And here's what I know. When we firmly plant our feet in God's house, then our anchor as a family holds strong and holds fast when the storms of life come. The, the best way you can lead your house from the best position to lead your house is to be firmly planted in God's house, is to be firmly planted with people who, who love God. It doesn't matter if you're in this room today. It doesn't matter if you're watching online or you're in the lobby some, someplace in overflow. Like gathering together with God's people. Like it's made more of an impact because how many of you parents know storms come? come on battles come fights happen like why do you think Solomon chose the language that he did he said parents you're like a warrior because parenting is also preparing your little ones for battle why do you think he said children are like arrows because you are gonna launch them behind enemy lines To hit the target, the goal is not just to get them to heaven, but the goal is for them to go behind enemy lines and shake the enemy and rattle the enemy on their way there. Are you with me? Like, that's the goal. He didn't say, you know, your children are like your shield. That's a defensive piece of equipment. Or like your armor. He said they're like a weapon. And I think today in the world that we're living in, There's a lot of concern, there's a lot of fear. There might even be a lot of the, man, I don't even wanna bring up kids in this world that we're in today. I I don't wanna raise kids, but just think about that for a moment. I understand that, but that's not what Solomon's telling us to do. And he's telling us to be, be courageous, that we are to prepare them for the world that we're in, that we are to launch them out to make a difference, to make an impact for the cause of Christ. Think about this, what if, what if Moses' parents had said, you know what, Pharaoh is out, he's killing babies, he's throwing them in the river, Like we're not gonna bring a child up into this. But the Bible says, by faith, Jochebed and Amram sent their baby and they launched him into the atmosphere, not knowing ultimately where he would land. I want to encourage you parents, maybe it's time for us to, to flip the script and instead of saying, hey, this world is awful, it's terrible, why do we want to raise kids in it? That you would say by faith and make a commitment today that you're going to bring up world changers who are going to make a difference in this world that so desperately needs Jesus. But they can't do it apart from you. They can't do it without you. That you are a warrior parent. You're a warrior and you're preparing your little ones for battle. There's two invitations today. It's been said that when God sees a a right or a wrong that needs writing or a truth that needs preaching or benefit that needs inventing, that he sends a child into the world to do it. And that's exactly what he did 2000 years ago. He saw a world that was separate from him He saw a world that was was lost in its sin, a world that was messed up and jacked up, and that you and I could do nothing to to fix the state of what was going on inside of our lives and the human nature that we have of sin. And so he sent Jesus as an arrow launched into this world to right a wrong. And the first invitation are for those of you today that you have never allowed Jesus to pay for your sins, to, to right what is wrong in our life? And what's wrong in all of our lives is sin, by the way. We all have this sin nature. And the Bible says that while we were still sinning, I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did this morning. I don't care the thoughts that are going through your mind right now. I don't care what you're doing while you're watching online today. While you're sinning, that God sent his son to save you and to set you free. For some of you, that's what you need to do today. You need to decide to allow Jesus to pay for your sins once and for all, past, present, and future. And so I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a moment. But the second invitation is this I'm just begging the parents in the room. I don't care if your children have left the home or not, but that you would be committed to raising up the next generation that they would extend our reach, that they would go further, that they would go faster than we could have ever imagined that this is not about us, but this is about leaving something for our children to go beyond and to make an impact in the world. And we're gonna commit today to doing that as well. So would you bow your heads wherever you are today in the room, you're watching online. It really doesn't matter where you are. This is a holy moment. The Bible says where people are gathered together, two or three in my name, I'm right there. And so you should know God is right here with you today. And I believe that some of those urges or some of those those little knocks on the door of your heart, that's God's Spirit speaking to you. And for those of you that have been far from God, you need to know that Jesus came to save you and set you free. Doesn't matter what you've lived your life like up until this point, But after this point, Jesus says, I want to to change you. I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a fresh start if you let me. And the way we let him is through prayer. Let me lead you in a prayer that does that. You can repeat this prayer. You can whisper it. You can say it in your heart. You can use your own words. The most important thing the Bible says is we repent. And we confess that we're sinners. We can't do this on our own, that we desperately need God to save us. And we we confess Jesus as Lord with our lips, and we believe that God raised him from the dead that we would be saved. So, today I want to lead you in a prayer that does that. You could say something like this Jesus, today I give you my heart. I'm a sinner, and I repent, and I turn towards you. I lived my life up until this point without you, and today, I invite Jesus to make me new. I confess you as Lord. Why don't you just tell him that out loud, wherever you are, I confess you as Lord and as my Savior. And from this moment on, I'm gonna follow you in Jesus' name. That was the first invitation. The second is this. In fact, parents, I want you to stand up wherever you are. If you're at home, if you're in these seats, just stand up wherever you are. If you wanna commit today to raising your children in a godly home, And if you feel comfortable, maybe you just open up your hands or you can stretch your hands out to God wherever you are. Just say, God, today, I commit to raising my children to be world changers. God, I commit that, that I want to establish a home that would bring honor and glory to you. God, I commit today to telling my kids things because they can't know unless I don't tell them. God, I commit today to living as an example for you. God I commit today that the the atmosphere of my house will be filled with expectancy and anticipation that you want to do much more through my children's lives God to reach the, the next generation to go further than we could ever go so I got I commit today as awkward and as uncomfortable as it may be just starting out from this point on God that we commit our households to you. We wanna raise up a generation of world changers, God, that would know you, that would find freedom, that would discover their purpose and make a difference on their way to heaven. And so God, today, we commit our families to you in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church Podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.